Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. Consumer spending on everything from cars to a an airline ticket, a service up about 0.4% last month on top of a gain of 1.1% the month before. Some have even revised up their forecast for second quarter GDP because they say the consumer is strong. My next guest, though, Craig Johnson, president of Customer Growth Partners, said when you look inside the report, it's not so good for retailers and they have a lot on their plate to spend on. And we're going to find out why he says that. By the way, I'm Kathleen Hayes, Pim Fox, my co-host on vacation. Now we go to Catherine Cowdery. She's in the Bloomberg Newsroom with a business flash. Thank you, Kathleen. Well, the stock market is extending yesterday's gains as global markets continue to recover following Britain's vote to make a break with the European Union. There's speculation that policymakers will continue to counter the effects of the withdrawal. In the wake of the vote, traders have pushed back bets on Federal Reserve interest rate increases, indicating higher borrowing costs are unlikely before 2018. On Taking Stock this afternoon, Narayana Katalakota, former Minneapolis Fed president and a Bloomberg View columnist, was asked about a possible rate cut next month. That I, I don't anticipate that to be too likely on the Fed's agenda in, in July, that is. I don't anticipate that they would be uh, thinking about cutting rates in July. We check the markets every 15 minutes on Bloomberg Radio. Dow Industrial Average is up 290 points, 1.7% 1. at 17,698. S&P 500 up 36 points, 1.8% 1. to 2,071. The Nasdaq is up 91 points, a gain of 2%, trading at 47.83. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil up $1.59 a barrel, 3.3% to 49.44. Spot Gold up $6.90 a ounce at 13.2480. Ten-year Treasury down 9.30 seconds with a yield of 1.49%. Among today's top business stories, UBS Group has announced a sweeping overhaul of the leadership in its investment banking unit. Three senior executives in the division are leaving. Roger Naylor, co-head of equities, Chris Murphy, co-head of fixed income rates and currency, and Matt Hanning, head of corporate client solutions in the Asia-Pacific region, will all step down. One measure of home sales cooled in May. That's according to the National Association of Realtors. And now a look at some of the other stories we're following today on Bloomberg Radio. Thank you, Catherine. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Jill Schneider. This news update is brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever. The Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4 capability. Drive one at your local Jeep dealer today. Although no group has taken responsibility for the attack on an Istanbul airport, Turkey is pointing the finger at Islamic State. Speaking at the North Alliance Leaders Summit in Ottawa today, President Obama said the U.S. is committed to, quote, dismantling these networks of hate. Beyond killing innocents, they are continually losing ground, unable to govern those areas that they've taken over that they're going to be defeated in Syria, they're going to be defeated in Iraq. British Prime Minister David Cameron doesn't think he's the only one who should lose his job after the Brexit vote. Cameron called today on Labour Party leader Jeremy Corbyn to step down. I have to say to the Honourable Gentleman, he talks about job insecurity and my two months to go. It might be in my party's interest for him to sit there. It's not in the national interest. And I would say, for heaven's sake, man, go. 
Corbin has said he won't quit, even though his colleagues gave him a vote of no confidence. All three suspected gunmen in the gang-related Brooklyn shootout that killed innocent bystander Carrie Gabay are in custody and facing murder charges. The popular aide to Governor Andrew Cuomo was shot in the head during a pre-dawn celebration before the West Indian American Day Parade in September of 2015. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Jill Schneider, and this is Bloomberg. Catherine? Thank you, and among today's top, let's get... Let's get an update of those benchmarks. The Dow Industrial Average is currently up 281 points, trading at 17,691. S&P 500 up 35 points to 2,071. NASDAQ higher by 90 points. It's trading at 47.82. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. The consumer, the linchpin of the U.S. economy over the last two months, uh, has spent at a strong enough rate for the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta to say it looks more than ever like the uh, U.S. economy is on track for growth of over 2.5% in the second quarter, and that's growth of just over 1% in the first. What does this mean for U.S. retailers, though? A lot of things drive that broad, broad, broad measure of consumer spending. My next guest says for retailers, there's all kinds of signs that the retail economy is sputtering. Craig Johnson is president of Customer Growth Partners. He's located in Connecticut. Joining me, however, in our New York studio today. Craig, welcome. It's always great to have you here. Great to be here, Kathleen. So when you look at that report and people, a lot of economists saying, oh, strong GDP, consumer spending looks good, what is your response? Well, our response is we look at, we, we, we're, we're very forward looking. We're out in the stores every week, a team of people across the country. So the consumer does account for about 68% of the retail economy, of the entire economy, of the, of the GDP. But 68% of that 68% is in services versus goods. Of course, retailers deal primarily in goods. And that has, is being crowded out now by demands, non-discretionary demands, whether health care, whether insurance, whether housing, whether student debt payments, that that non-discretionary set of demands is basically crowding out any kind of significant growth in retail. So right now we're looking at a flattish, not zero, but flattish, you know, kind of low two, three plus percent uh, in terms of retail sales growth. Now, in order to make people spend their money, particularly when they have choices and they really don't want to let it go easily, you've got to give them something hot. You've got to give them a, a, a new fashion or something that is so enticing. They'll they'll eke it out to even buy the, the less expensive version of that. Is it partly the fault of retailers that their merchandise just isn't dazzling enough? Well, right now there are no giant crazes or fads. There's nothing really, really hot. There are a couple smallish things that are hot. Uh, footwear, the sandal side is very, sandals are having its best season this year. This is where it's heeled sandals, strappy sandals, uh, et cetera. Um, and rompers of all things are having a comeback for the younger set, the younger female set, I should, I should say. But th- these are not giant category movers. And then the other problem that we're having is, is that two of the things that have been hot, performance wear is peaking out. And fast fashion is fading fast. And these have been two huge drivers in retail, and we're seeing both of these begin to peak out a little bit. Fast fashion fading fast. Oh, that's a great one, isn't it? Let's let's say that again. Uh, why? Where do you see it? And uh, will it pick up when more people – it's only late June when people are more seriously saying, let's go to the mall, let's go downtown and buy some back-to-school clothes? Well, the lower traffic at the mall is part of the issue. 
But the problem in fast fashion per se is there's been such an explosion of capacity, of square footage capacity, over the last half decade or decade. This is from Forever 21, from H&M, from Zara and Uniqlo. And these companies have all collectively overshot the runway. And so we're left with too many retail square feet in, in, in fast fashion chasing too few customer feet. And that's why Uniqlo has begun to show, uh, uh, close stores. Uh, Forever 21, which has been the giant, is seeing double-digit negative comps. Uh, even even uh, H&M, which is, remains a powerhouse internationally, is a little soft in the U.S. Well, speaking of retailers, um, and not sandals, but, uh, you know, athletic footwear, Nike uh, having some was under pressure. It's bounced back today. Uh, but yesterday I reported that it's, it's, it's what they call their futures orders were up 11%. Analysts had pre- pre- projected 13%. What's going on with Nike? Are you worried about in, in Nike now? Well, there's a couple issues there. One is the performance wear issue on the, on the, on the apparel side. The apparel is, is, is a growing part of the business, but they're getting increasingly competition from, from the, uh, a vertical chains such as Lulu on the one hand and then Under Armour, which remains a powerhouse, uh, on the other hand. Uh, uh, and so that's part of uh, that's that's part of the issue. Now they also claim uh, in their commentary that there was some issue a year ago with the port congestion delays, which hyped up last year's work order. Well, that's a little bit of an excuse, but we think it's more the market is changing. Number one, and Under Armour and the other performance wear specialties have been playing a bigger role. Brexit. That's not going to have much influence on U.S. retailers, is it? Except that maybe. People whose currency has fallen in value, like people who live in the UK, won't be coming over here as much to shop. Well, on on the Brexit side, yeah, what what we're seeing, I guess, is a couple of things. One is not going to be a giant impact. First of all, international tourism has already been slow here. This is whether it's from uh, Britain, uh, uh, Europe, South America. Uh, China, uh, Asia, it's already been weak, so it isn't going to get dramatically weaker. There are a couple of U.S. Uh, uh, retailers that have exposure in, in, uh, in uh, uh, the U.K., for instance, Abercrombie & Fitch, uh, Walmart, Asda Unit, and Costco. Costco is doing fine. A&F is weak in, in, uh, over there, and then, Wal- and then Walmart's Asda is weak. Costco is doing great. Walmart, how are they doing? We've got 10 seconds left. Uh, the Asda unit right now is not faring well at all well in the U.K. That, that's their, their, their primary grocery and some general merchandise. That's a little weak. Otherwise, Walmart is doing a little bit better domestically in the U.S. and some foreign geographies. All right. Well, thanks so much to Craig Johnson, president of Customer Growth Partners. He says retail is being hurt because families have too many things like education and health care to spend on, and they can't buy as many clothes, shoes, and athletic wear. I'm Kathleen Hayes, and this is Taking Stock on Bloomberg Radio. The consumer doesn't just buy clothes and shoes. You know, they go to the food and buy a lot of store. Coming up, Scott Rothbord from Lakeview Asset Management. He's been buying some Whole Foods, and it is in partly aligned with Brexit.